training and physiotherapy. Together, we will discuss any topic you can think of when it comes to training and rehab. From the carnivore diet to hip impingement, you can be sure that all your questions will be answered. Enjoy this week's episode. All right, so I'll let you just go. Go for it, John. Jump in, no pretense, no like, hey, how you doing? No like, how's your life been since I haven't been there? I know you've been very upset without me. Um, I've been following you online, all your content. I can just tell, like, like the mood's going down. Yeah, I just don't have the same spunk. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your comments and, and coming to my defense with the, the, the trolls on Instagram. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said you looked out of shape. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because his comment was like, I assume this exercise doesn't work because this dude's like not in shape. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's not really. Also, have you seen every Olympic weightlifter? Like, yeah. they're just giant humans. Like, some people are just built. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just, if you saw yeah. you bench press, you would think differently. Right. I mean, there were, like, powerlifters I knew that were, like, chubby, but could still squat, like, 600 pounds. So, whatever. Vanity. Anyways, what do you got for me? So, I wrote this, uh, I wrote this little essay that I'm, I think I'm posting on. I think I'm going to post on my blog, the video blog. Um, and probably I'll probably do something on Instagram too at, uh, at video live. Um, but you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and now that I'm not a trainer and I'm building a fitness platform, um, I still care so much about movement because I think it's like, we've talked about, it's the bedrock. It's the thing that you need to build everything else on top of, but it's like, how can I provide people with good movement without being a trainer anymore? Um, so I thought about like, what's the, what are the things I say the most to people that are probably the most essential things that are also as universal as possible, like spread across every exercise. Um, so I wrote a little essay that has four basic movement principles, um, that I think if you were to follow these and sort of spread them across universally, you'd probably become pretty athletic and you wouldn't really need to be around me as a trainer. Okay. Like what? Oh, I don't know. I was, I, I just made all that up. I don't have these four principles at all. <laughs> no, I'll go through. Um, so the first one, and again, this is going through very simple, like gym movements. I'm not talking about like speed training because some of these rules do change when we talk about, you know, um, speed training and, and, uh, running. Cause the first one uh, is find balance in your foot. So the, this is the thing that I tell, everybody in almost every exercise, including upper body exercises, including like a standing overhead press. It's anytime you're standing, anytime you're doing a lower body exercise, anytime you're on one foot, if your foot is balanced between the heel and the forefoot, um, your joints are probably in a good position. Totally agree. I, th- I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with the foot. Yep. I mean, I always say that's the interface between you and the, the earth. And same yeah. with the arch of the foot, too. If you have yeah. a nice arch in your foot, your, your knee's probably in a good position. Your hip's probably in a good position. But anyway, continue. Yeah, I would say, like, kind of the first thing you said and the arch are kind of the same, the same thing, basically. Yep. So, yeah, if you line up your ankle right, it's going to line up your knee and everything's going to fall into place. Yep. Um, and people talk about, like, the concept of, like, a tripod foot mm-hmm. where you have, you know, sort of your, your inside, your big toe, the outside of your forefoot, and then your heel very firmly placed in the ground. If you have that all the time, um, you're probably moving well through whatever it is that you're doing. 
obviously there's moments like when you do a lunge that those balance mechanics might change a little bit, but you need to, you start, like if I'm doing a forward lunge, I start and I step on my heel and then I transfer to the rest of my foot. And then I want to find balance once I'm there. And then I'm going to push back off. Correct. Um, okay. So that's principle one is basically stable foot. Is, is that how you'd say it? Yep. Yeah. Cause it's just so easy for people to visualize. Like it's so easy for people to conceptually understand. Oh, I just need to be balanced in my foot and I'm probably okay. Um, I think I like the, idea of adaptive foot better but yes you want stability but you want the foot is the foot is so complicated that's why i love it um yeah. it's yeah you have that sort of perfect position but it also has to be able to absorb shock and uh those ground reaction forces so like the idea of it being dynamically stable i think that's probably the best way to say it. of course um number two squeeze your butt cheeks um this is either you know you're glued to your engine, and we've talked about this numerous times. Mm-hmm. I even think you said in one of our recent episodes, you think like the glutes are the most important exercise uh, muscle in the in the body. I would say there's like an epidemic of weak glutes that cause the, just so many problems. Yeah, um, especially like glute medius is like a huge hole in everybody's game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it, you know, you solve some glute weakness, you solve a lot of issues. Yep. Um, but whenever you're so pretty much the way I said it was whenever you're shoulders hips and knees are in a straight line your glutes should be turned on they should be squeezed so let's say you're doing a plank where your shoulders hips and knees are in a straight line glutes should be squeezed if i'm standing up glutes should be squeezed now of course it doesn't have to be like an aggressive squeeze every single time of course in the gym you might want to exaggerate but in standing posture you're you should feel a little bit of firmness in your glutes now over time it should be easy to hold that position um where in the beginning might be a little more challenging but if you put your glutes in a good position, you're putting your pelvis in a good position. Um, and you're probably also putting your thoracic spine and knees in a good position as a result. Yeah, I agree. I think the amount uh, with anything, the amount of muscle contraction t- should meet the demand of the activity. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think you need to be like standing clenching, you know, right. Maybe, exactly. Maybe it's like, yeah, I don't know. Arbitrary number here, like 10% engaged. Yep. Okay. I like it. What else? The number three is, Keep your knees outside of your big toe. So whenever you're doing a lower body exercise and you look down, your knees should just be slightly outside of that big toe. So we're just slightly externally rotating, holding some external rotation force. Um, this goes back to that concept of the arch. If that knee starts to collapse in, then that arch is probably going to collapse as a result. You'll probably lose a whole bunch of balance up and down the chain as a result of not having that knee just, just in the right position. Now, it could go wider than that. It can also go in if you can hold that position, but also be good about it. But most of the time, as a general rule, knee rotated slightly outside of the big toe. Agreed. Yep. I just, I mean, come on. (laughs) I just feel like almost every knee problem is really an ankle problem. Yes, completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, this comes to your ankle stretches as well. When you go to stretch your calf and your soleus and your gastroc, um, you want to be having that knee rotated slightly outside of the big toe because you're mostly tight on the inside uh, of that calf because you're spending so much time in internal rotation. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a lot of mobility in that um, region, then you're going to be in good positions. Cool. I'm down with that. Number four. Um, this one is simple. We've heard it a million times. Keep your shoulders down and back. 
So in this also includes lower body exercises. Like if I'm holding two dumbbells at my uh, at my sides and I'm doing a single leg squat, shoulders down and back. Uh, if I'm doing upper body exercise, almost universally, shoulders down and back. Um, it's, it's a simple one for people to visualize and put it into practice, but it's also so universal across upper and lower body exercises. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm a little conflicted on this one. Um, so I think it makes sense if you're – so many people are sort of rounded forward and uh, anterior tilted at the scapula mm-hmm. that may be saying down and back kind of puts them in a more neutral position. But if mm-hmm. you're, if you're, you know, shoulders in a pretty decent position, normally, if you say down and back to that person, they kind of like, they kind of pack it all in. And then that kind of changes what happens at the glenohumeral joint. So uh, let's take the motion of abduction, for example, as your, your humerus, like, abducts goes gets to 90 degrees and higher and higher the shoulder blade should upwardly rotate as well and to allow for clearance for the rotator cuff so if, if you're constantly queuing down and back that you're basically turning off the ability to upwardly rotate your scapula and then you might be limiting or irritating your rotator cuff so i think i think that's it's a general principle that might work but uh i don't think it works for everybody necessarily well it also doesn't work in certain exercises like a plank if you're mm-hmm. doing a forearm or a hand bridge mm-hmm. um, plank, then actually you don't want to be back with your shoulders. You actually want to push your shoulders away. Um, so, of course, not super universally true. I think as a general rule, especially you could even go um, a little less broad and just say shoulder down because most of the time that's also going to be a good cue because back is going to really engage your mid-spine and you don't always want that in everything you do. Um but at least some variation of that I think is, is valuable. Yeah. I think these, all these things you're talking about are basically trying to find neutral, like what's a neutral position of the body. Yeah. Uh, and then to move off of there, I kind of see movement like um, it's like learning a skill, like learning to play the guitar, for example, first you learn all the rules just to break them later. So yep. it's, I think it's good to understand those neutral positions and know how to, you know, strengthen in those zones but as you become more and more athletic, I think you should explore other positions and maybe do things out of neutral, but, but strengthening in, in, no, in more planes of motion. That's going to make you more dynamic, dynamic person in general. Yeah, so, I couldn't agree more. And it's yeah. so true in everything else we do in life, like with writing, as an example. Like mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're writing for school, like you have to have this nice, tight, clean, like um, thesis statement. It's a it's an if then and then that's going to be in the first paragraph, like the third or fourth sentence. Then you're going to write a five-paragraph essay. Each paragraph is going to be you extrapolating a different point about the thesis. And then you're going to conclude and say and summarize, hey, this is why. But the better at writing you get, the better at you get at proving, at, at communicating and proving your thesis. You don't have to follow this very strict guide of this five-paragraph essay with this intro and conclusion paragraph. Um, you can break the rules a little bit and still be an effective writer. Same is true with movement. This is the foundation. This is the bedrock. Finding neutral and understanding what that feels like is the bedrock. You get to play around with it as much as you want once you have that down and set, but most people don't. Yeah, it's, you almost have like earn the right to, to you know, sort of yes. have different movement expression. If you just skip the foundation and go right for the whatever fancy exercise you see on Instagram, that's where people kind of run into trouble. Yep. Yeah. I, I like that. So do you have any other principles you could add to this or 
let well actually yes definitely add any if you have any um but also i want you to like rewrite that fourth one to keep your shoulders down and back like what would be the the upper body cue that you would give to give some sort of universal approach to to movement at the shoulder uh yeah definitely case by case but most often i say okay squeeze your blades together now relax at about 50 percent. that's usually for most people that puts them in a pretty good position for most overhead activity um just because as a society we're so anterior dominant that to to like kind of overcorrect usually puts you into a pretty good position yeah i really like that that's a great one yeah i just find people understand that pretty well down and back sometimes a little confusing so i think it's very difficult for people to turn on their lower trap in particular mm-hmm. uh but if you say just squeeze hard and then relax a little bit usually that's pretty good so what else would you add to this list if you got a five six seven eight nine ten um Okay. 11? If we're going for the whole 12? neutral, if we're going for the whole neutral thing, then uh, I would say head position is huge too. Like, mm. you know, chin, sort of same thing, chin tucked and then relax a little bit. You know, if you're making a double chin, you're in a pretty, usually in a pretty good uh, cervical, you know, and neck position. So a lot, so many people are get the forward head position, which is not terrible. It's just less than ideal. Um, and the other thing too is you're actually you're kind of kinking your spinal cord if you're like if your chin's in a bad position, like I see this all the time when people squat, they're like looking up. I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, Everyone, and to be quite honest, it makes your squat so much worse. You have no feedback. Like you can't, if you're looking, like if your chin's in, you're looking down, like my squat becomes better because I have the visual feedback now versus if I'm looking up at the sky, like I have no idea what my body's doing in space. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense too, but you're l- literally losing power. Um, this is kind of a fun thing you can do. You can grab like a dumbbell like a heavy one that you can hold isometrically like out into like a front raise basically uh and then pick your head up like look up towards the ceiling your arm is going to start to descend down and then put your head back down you can you'll have more strength so what's happening is you're literally kinking your spinal cord so you're reducing the amount of outflow from the brain down the spinal cord down to your arm Mm -hmm. so same thing in a squat as soon as you kink your head up you're kinking your spinal cord like like a tent pole uh and you're going to lose a little bit of power yeah. So, um, so I think that's a huge one. Uh, and the other thing too, is if you're looking up and you squat, you're going to disengage your thoracic spine, your, your ribs are going to pop up and you lose core connection. So you just bleed out a lot of like energy. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, same with the deadlift too. Um, you know, that's like the, I usually go through this little process when I go deadlift, I tuck in my chin, I pull my head back a little bit and then I pull my shoulders back and then I, neutralize my pelvis i get my core nice tight and then i grab the bar mm-hmm. and i rotate my elbows forward and that kind of like just really sets that position um i would also say that both hips and shoulders people tend to live in internal rotation where we should be a little more externally rotated mm-hmm. um i see this all the time i look at someone's posture and their shoulders are around forward and they're kind of that knuckle dragger position so like the hands are turned inward um, which is internal rotation of the shoulder, really. That's the expression of that. Um, it's easy for you can kind of wind up your capsules of your shoulder and your uh, hip into internal rotation and find basically a passive false sense of stability. So I think that's why that, and you know, like I said, we're all anterior dominant. Um, the, so people will kind of fall into this internally rotated position where you, that's not where your power is. Your power is going to be in the external rotation. So, yeah. Um, what else would I say? 
those are the big ones. Um, elbow, hand. I mean, kind of fall. Elbow and wrist are basically the same as you know, knee and ankle. You know, if you're in a plank position, you you don't want to be sort of collapsed in. You want to basically picture like an arch of the hands, and then elbows turned outward slightly, and then shoulders engaged into external rotation. Hopefully, that to get too uh, <laughs> nitpicky there, but um, again, that's the ideal. There's nothing wrong with other positions, uh, but you're just going to get the most power out of these positions we're talking about. Yeah, and, and build the foundation first, it's just like anything else in life. Like You have to know the basics. I started doing a little bit of creative writing, and I wanted to like just kind of go off and be like, you know, um, fight club with it and you know, sort of break all the rules, but I was like, wait, I've done no creative writing. Like I have to do the basics. So if you've done very little move in your life, you're not a very athletic person to begin with. You got to, you have to understand the foundation before you can start playing around with it. Exactly. Just like anything else, skill, like running, running is a skill. If you don't know how to run and you go out there and just start doing marathons, you're, you're going to break down something. Mm -hmm. Unless you, and have know. you read fight club? No. Yeah. It's so good. That's like one of the best movies of all time. It's a it's a wild ride. Yeah, the the physique I'm working for right now is is Tyler Durden. Oh yeah, like that's Brad Pitt in that movie. I think that's like every guy's like go to like that's the ideal shape. <laughs> yeah, he's real. He's kind of real skinny though. Yeah, but uh, like I've been cutting some body fat, and I was like, man, maybe I can get maybe I can be Tyler Durden. Do it while you can. Once you get to my age, it's it a lot harder. <laughs> hey, man, don't fucking be that person. Don't be a pessimist, especially about health. Come on now. Oh, I got a little piece of news that you might uh, hate. Uh, I did, oh, God. I did CrossFit the other day. First time. Yeah, you, you were telling me you were going to. How'd that go? I loved it. It was awesome. I couldn't walk for a day. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> How was the workout? Uh, it was intense. There's a lot of volume, um, but that's kind of what I need. Like I do a lot of the, the power stuff. I don't get enough metabolic conditioning in. So it was good for me to push myself in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to join. Sweet. Yeah. I was, I, I think I told you I was going to join a CrossFit up here, but then I was like, I don't feel like spending the money. Yeah. It's not cheap. Um, how much is it for you? 175 a month. Oof. But yeah, you know, the last ones I went to, I went to a CrossFit gym my freshman year of college just so I could do because it's like they're like the only place you could do like Olympic weightlifting. Well, until now, people have adopted it more. Um, I used to do a ton of Olympic stuff. So I went to a CrossFit gym. It was like $100 a month because I was a student. And then I went to a CrossFit gym that summer um, when I was up here in Massachusetts and it was like 125 a month. Um, and I wouldn't do the classes. I would always just work out. I just used it as a gym. All right, that you do like the open gym slot. So it was just like a madness, you know, monthly rate for a box gym that I shouldn't <laughs> have been paying. I mean, I definitely like the box gym vibe. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, same. Um, I like that's a community. Um, and you know, I just every you know periodically just try something different, just to explore different movements, and I don't know, just to be like more like harder to kill. Basically, <laughs> that's what I'm going for. <laughs> Man, I, I couldn't agree more. That was one of the best things about the outdoor gym, Paradise Coast near mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. is you just go out there, you swing on monkey bars, like you, first of all, your grip strength and your forearm strength and your shoulder strength gets so much better from mm -hmm. like hanging on to your body weight. Because mm -hmm. I, I had been doing it a lot. I got pretty good at like the rings that they have there. And then I stopped doing it for like a month. And then I came back and I would grab onto the rings. First of all, I 
could barely go half of the distance I could go before, but then I could feel my shoulder, like feel, you know, uh, loose. It was like completely uncomfortable, like just yeah. hanging from my own body weight. I was like, oh man, this is probably an important skill to have. <laughs> That's rotator cuff. Yep. Need to strengthen that. Do we um, want to uh, jump into the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Um, should we wrap this up then? Yeah. All right, John. I'll see you next week. I'll see you in 30 seconds. <laughs> do you have unexplained pain? Or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great way to stay ahead of any health conditions. And now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's liver function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It's sent to you with free shipping and you get results in two to five days, no physician referral needed. Use the code DPT20 for 20% off. Go to letsgetchecked.com and use the code DPT20. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions you want answered, find us on Instagram at Modus Naples or send us an email. You can fill out a contact form on our website, which is modusnaples.com. Make sure to check out our blog and our shop as well, where there are downloadable programs that we'll continue to update. This is the Move with Modus podcast. We'll see you next week.